welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Really hope that you enjoyed listening to Kellum's Bormir uh, stand last episode. Well, I mean, uh, look, <laughs> he's the best character. <laughs> and so, speaking up, we'll get into that because, well, maybe not even in part one, but part two, we'll get into for two towers. But I, I just have a theory. I'm like, I really like. What if they had just sent Faramir instead of Boromir, and we got Boromir in the rest of the? It would not have been interesting. It just yep. wouldn't have been interesting. That's fine. I would sacrifice some not interestingness in the first one because I'm getting not interesting in this one. But yeah. <laughs> by the yeah. way, this is hands down my favorite Lord of the Rings of the three. Uh, most people like Return of the King because it gives you more. Because it's but the best one, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, uh, there's nothing in Return of the King that outdoes Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep is my jam. Well, so, I mean, I mean, yeah. We we can get into it. I feel like there is definitely like bigger battle sequences. I mean, there's there is a hundred percent bigger battle sequences in in the Return of the King. Yeah, and but you it's have watched... interesting how many people like thoroughly love the two towers. Like it, the Return of the King, without a doubt, is the fan favorite. I'm pretty certain. Um, like even even just just general people like they're like oh no that's that's the best one like i'm not saying that the other ones aren't good i'm just saying that most people i find that's their favorite one um but the two towers is like always one that that is uh is, i mean all of them are but uh it's like we I, can we agree that fellowship is the uh dark knight rises and that you know two towers is like batman begins and return of the king is like the dark knight there are a lot of batman begins stands just like yeah. there's a lot of two towers stands but realistically like you say most people i feel like really pull for you know return of the king yeah i can I, just... I, I can see that um i i know that like the the fellowship it definitely has like i like the fellowship a lot it is it has i won't say it's one of my it's my favorite it has some of my favorite parts like the whole um up until like on like the the whole first part of the movie is like one of my favorite parts of the trilogy but i think that the movie has a lot of pacing issues um and i think that some of that i mean i don't know i think that even some people argue that that's why you shouldn't watch the extended editions i would argue that the fellowship has pacing issues even then in the theatrical cut um but uh it yeah Regardless, I think I think the reason why I like Two Towers the most is to me it combines like the best of both Fellowship and Return of the King, hmm. because what I feel like yeah. you get is I know what's going on, like I know oh this is Helm's Deep, this is the, what battles happening. These are the orcs from Isengard. This is Sauron, Sauron's army coming after them. You have men, you have Haldir for reasons that are in the movie, not in the book, yeah. and. Uh, like I, I can follow all the action. I know the layout of Helm's Deep. In my mind, I can genuinely picture, like, okay, this is where the gates are. This is how it looks when you come in. You have a rising platform of soldiers. When you have, like, when the wall comes down, which we'll get into next episode, when the wall comes down, like, you, you're like, I know where they're at, like, what, where troops need to be moved to, what's going on. Like, whereas in Return of the King, because I'm not as deep into it as you are, Kellum, I have no concept for the layout of Gondor. Like when we get at the end of Two Towers, when we're like, I was like, yeah, I'm with it in Helm's Deep. And then the second that we get to Gondor and Minas Tirith and stuff, I was like, what? Where are we? I don't know any of this layout. I don't know what's going on. I don't like. And so I have that same feeling with a lot of battles in Return of the King. So, I don't so know you who's feel where. like 
you like the two towers because you know where you've been and you know where you're going kind of a thing it's it's more like um i'm sure it's like kind of like i understand the stage so i'll give you a game of thrones concept i enjoy battle of the bastards more than the attack on king's landing or the uh like Night King attack on Winterfell or anything like that, because in the Battle of the Bastards, you know where people are in relation to each other at all times. Mm. Where so like I understand, okay, here's the field of play. They're like both armies are on either side of the field. There's about you know a half a mile distance in between. When they meet in the middle, okay, now your troops are coming here. You're going to get encircled. Like I understand the concept, so I know when people are yeah. getting flanked or what's happening. Whereas in Helm's Deep, I feel like I know that. Okay, this, the orcs came in right here. You got to go move over here so that they can't flank you. And if they get in through this door, you know, and then like, okay, we've had to retreat back further in to, and everybody sacrificed their lives except for the ones inside the hold. Now we have to break out of the hold and run through, and we have our horses, so we'll be able to tear through. I understand all of that. Whereas in, you know, like when we're battling, when, for example, when, in Return of the King, when Aragorn and the Ghost Army and all them were attacking and all this, I'm like, I don't know where everybody is in relation to each other, who's attacking who, what, like, what's what. I feel like it's the epitome of like <clears throat> in an action movie when two people are fighting and they use a lot of cuts. You're just like, I don't know where, where, like, where are we? What's happening? Who's fighting who? What's going on? And I, then I can in, see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. in the raid. You know, you're like, no, I know exactly where Rama is in relation to all these people. I see they're fighting all this stuff. It holds better. It's smoother. And that's what I get in Helm Steve. You know, for example, you're sitting there and it's like, oh, Aragorn, the sun's coming up. And you're like, fuck, yes, they made it. It's the fifth day. Fucking look to the east. And Gandalf was smart because the sun rises in the east. And that's going to blind these orcs so they can actually charge in and have no, like, yeah. real defense mounted. It's like, it makes sense because I understand, like, the entirety of the place and the geography and all the decisions that, the you know, generals and kings are making i can follow whereas i feel like in return of the king they're making decisions and you're just kind of like yeah let's like let's do it let's go like, yeah, i mean for sure and like also in return of the king like it is it's fragmented like one more step so in two towers you have um you have the three hunters and gandalf and, and rohan um and then you have mary and pippin and then you have Sam and Frodo and Gollum, and like those yeah. are the three. Those are the three that it, it switches between. In while in Return of the King, you have Sam, uh, Frodo, and Gollum. You have Merry and Pippin, or no, you have Merry. Mary. You have Pippin. Yeah. You have the three hunters. You have Rohan. Like it, it, there's a, there's a lot. I think that there's like one more step of separation. So it's. And I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, I, like I you get say, what you're saying. That's a great way of phrasing it too. Is that we started out the first movie and we're essentially following, like, I guess at, at moments two point of views because Gandalf splits from Frodo for a time, right. so you're following both of them. But then it is more or less we're all together, mm. like we're following the journey and the story together. But then in Two Towers, it splits, but it basically just splits into two parties, uh, and that is just Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. Uh, I guess Merry and Pippin as well, but yeah, they're not, it's not as it's still uh, they have less it, going it, on exactly. And then you have the three rangers and or hunters and what they're doing, and that is a great dichotomy, just like in Godfather Part Two. You're just mm -hmm. going back and forth, back and forth, and it works. Yeah, whereas in Return of the King, because we're jumping around so much, I get lost in terms of 
like logistically where are we and what's right. going on whereas it seems smoother you know when for example Mary and Pippin are complaining about the ends taking so long to talk and then okay now we're going to cut over to you know Sam and Frodo doing this shit for a long time and it's like okay so it's been like a whole other day and we cut back and now the trees are like all right we've, we've decided that you're not works and it's like oh okay cool like I'm I'm fully on board with the time like the timeline of all yeah. of this so I you know so that's why when like the ends because like <laughs> Leslie uh my partner was like Oh, I love that. My favorite part's the end fighting and everything. And then we're watching it this time and she's, you know, paying a little more attention. So she's like, man, how come these trees like actually win? Like, I was like, because Sauron sent his entire army to go fight the man in Rohan and Helm's Deep. Yeah. He has no defenses. It's like a bare bones, like crew left behind. So the ends are not having as much yeah, difficulty. And also, so trolls in Lord of the Rings, like, so... Trolls are based off of the idea of Ents, essentially. Like, they're, like, the shitty version, like, the evil version of Ents. Like, Ents are created, and then Morgoth was like, ah, I need something like that. So he makes trolls. So it's like an army of slightly better trolls descending upon uh, Isengard when there's only, like, little shitty, or like, not, like, warrior orcs, like, craftsman orcs there to defend it. yeah. And uh, I think, you know, with that being said, it might be time. Are you ready to jump into the two towers? Hell yeah, dog. All right. Well, this opens with... Uh, so I like to... I remember, like, vividly, because I'd never read the books. Like, I was, I'm black. So I didn't know Lord of the Rings existed <laughs> until the movies came out. Yeah. So, like, I mean, to be like, fair, I, yeah, I don't... I had not read them. I started reading... I Like, I right after the movie my mom was like okay you have to read the books and so i read all of the books between the first and the second movie coming out okay. so and i'd like sense. to point out so that you your mom at least was like okay well these books exist you should check them out yeah what the movie came out and my family was like lord what what lord of the rings huh what is that <laughs> like it was just you know we were all of us were like oh this is cool <laughs> it was neat and, and it's like based <laughs> on a book oh a book okay and so I didn't even see the first Lord of the Rings in theaters. I rented it from Blockbuster. Ah. So, but, you know, now we're a year later, and I'm fucking amped. I'm ready. I'm like, we are in the theater. And so I don't know. I have no clue what the story is. I have no clue what's going on. I genuinely thought when the movie opened, I was like, are we really doing a Dragon Ball Z? And, like, let's rewind 25 minutes and start the movie again. Last like, time <laughs> on the Fellowship of the Ring. I swear to God. I was like, what? We already saw this. What yeah. are we doing? I was like, but in my head too, I was like, okay, it's potentially, you know, people might not have seen the first one. They just want to get them caught up. Who this the is what fuck happened. is going into the, can you imagine, can you imagine dropping in to this series on the two towers? And I being promise like, you, what? there are at least a handful of people oh, that I'm that was sure. the case for. They're called so, monsters. Like, yeah. And no. it's the kind of people that will like eat a Kit Kat hole. They don't break it. And Ugh. Yeah, so so it happens. So then, like, we're you know getting off like fly fools, and he's falling through the ground. And I was like, "Is hell yeah, it's awesome." Uh, uh, you know, like sometimes your brain is just like that's not how math works. So again, I was falling, and I'm just like, "How are you catching up to the Balrog and your sword and your staff?" You you do know that terminal velocity doesn't change. Like they had a good few seconds head start on falling than you I did. guess you he's won't... like the idea is that like he is like reducing his his drag by like straightening out completely 
And there's something uh, to that. Like he has less drag in yeah, that moment. That, that, is, that is fair. That yeah. is fair. But it's just like simple things that my brain was like, what? This is badass. And then yeah. you get, I mean, there's some battling, but the, I don't know. One of the best shots of the movie, and we open with this oh, yeah, bitch, yeah. is like the Balrog and Gandalf falling through, like, I don't know, the black hole. Yeah, abyss, you get the sense into... of like how incredibly vast, like one, how far they've fallen, and like two, like how incredibly vast like this area is. Yeah, because they're they're just like the Balrog is like a pinprick of light. Yeah, and it, but it just looks so stunning, and it really also makes me think like, how are you alive, Gandalf? You couldn't breathe. Like you can't breathe while falling. That's not a thing. Like I mean, you can be like a little bit, but I'm talking about like when you're full like face head first diving for you know thousands of miles i think that you would be like eh, I don't i'm gonna pass out i know what you mean but but okay it's, i'm gonna say look at how fast they're falling yeah they're, and they're they fall yeah. for a long time i mean he, yeah i can't i can't i've done i've done some falling well so you can breathe when you skydive yes yes you can but they are the level of altitude difference with them not having equipment or anything like that is what's like boggling my mind. You can't tell me that they're like, if, like you say, they are like at least jumping from skydiving height and you have to have something to help you breathe. You're not going to be able to fall 20,000 feet and not need something to help you breathe. You're going to have issues with atmosphere. and. I mean, it's, it's possible. I don't think it's that far. It is far, but I, I don't think it's necessarily that, but I mean, like, you fall through that that far, and like, yes, you have equipment, and that you have like a parachute, but you don't have like stuff to help you breathe. Look, just if like, you can't tell, I, I'm not, I'm not, I've never actually skydived because what do I fucking look like a white person? I mean, no, thank this, you. I like, have also no not skydived, but I yeah. I spent time with Eric, and Eric was a skydiver. So yeah. No offense yeah. to any white or people of color that skydive. Like, yeah. more power to you. I just am not doing that. Yeah, uh, I'll wait it, till the plane on men goes down, also and white. then I'll skydive. Yeah. So, uh, but I was so when I'm watching this, and I was in the theater and stuff, I was like, "Holy fuck, Gandalf's alive, dude! Let's get in it! Like, come on now!" I was because you know I was so bummed when Gandalf died because yeah, he, like he's just like the wise man. You're like, dude, how is the one person that knows what the fuck is going on is dead? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> fuck yeah. this shit out of me. But he wasn't dead. He's down there fighting the power arc on, I don't know, like the precipice of the afterworld. I don't Where are they? They're like, it seems like they fell through like the void and are now like, they're just, they're just like, like they're, they're just like super far under the ground. I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember, this is just like an impossibly deep cavern. Like it's, they're just, they're just, that's my thought. And my question, like what I don't understand is how is it that you're like in the mines of Moria and you fell into the earth and you've fallen so far that you've come out of the sky like, are we in godzilla versus kong is there an inner earth like what are we doing now like is there a central whole other ecosystem at the center of a hollow earth well they're not in earth but is there a hollow earth are we descending from no because they fall in and they're on a fucking mountaintop like what? yeah okay How... i i get what you mean now um so in the book it is described that essentially so they fall down and they 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 fall down into the water there, and then they like are essentially like they they like battle they like continue their battle, and they they climb all the way back up through like tunnels down there in the mine, like fighting all the way up 
through to the top, like from the from the. That's what like in Gandalf says, like for the from the furthest deeps to the highest heights. Like they they continued their battle, so they're just like fighting, literally from the bottom of Moria all the way to the top. Like they just like continue like going up like staircases and all this shit and like tunnels all the way to the top there. Um, but no, it, 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 there's no there's no inner earth kind of thing there. It's okay. just not really well described. That that makes sense. So yeah. then, yeah, if you had been like, yeah, just like they go through like a time portal with how it looks, and then they come back out at the top, and it's like, wow. But yeah, Gandalf beats him and then rolls over and dies. Well, we—that's not—that's not yet. We don't—we don't know that yet. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> At this well, point, we're all just we know seeing them fighting. <laughs> yeah, so it, this is it. So all we see is there is that um, there is that shot that you talk about the that great shot that wide shot of the like this small flame of the Balrog coming down, and there's a, a couple of shots of Gandalf like you know wailing on him with Glamdring. And they hit the water, and then Gandalf, and then Frodo's like, oh, "Get off!" And uh, you know, Sam's like, "Oh, that's oh. right, it's like, no, a, it's like, no." He's like, "He's like, it's fine. It's just a dream, just and a like, terrible dream." There are people I like. I know for a fact because I've seen this be interpreted as such. Who are like, "Oh, it's a dream. Oh shit!" Like, motherfucker, what? <laughs> like, did you, like they wouldn't know. I mean, like, I guess. In a way, like it's good that people interpret it that way because that is effective. Because you want that reveal of Gandalf like coming back to be like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Like, it, so it, I, I thought that it was. I always was like, it's a premonition. Like you're like you're seeing what has happened, or like yeah, I, I like you say they say it's a dream. But I was like, that's not a fucking dream. Have but also Frodo has no, he has no like power. Like he has no, nothing in Frodo's life would ever lead him to believe that he has premonitions. And so, also and in the I, books, like he also doesn't, like he, he doesn't like have foresight. Like I would agree with that statement. Yeah. But you know what Frodo has now in his possession that he didn't have previously? The ring of power. I mean, that's true. So. But that there there is no evidence that that grants foresight. Like it's like, I feel like I... If that were me in this situation, and obviously I can't really like imagine that on many levels, but I would imagine that I would I would just be like, oh, it was a, like a, that was a, like a weird shitty dream, like I would have no reason to think anything else. Um, well, but as an uh, audience member, um, the idea that you would be like just being like, oh yeah, gosh, I guess that was a dream, I'd be like, no, that's I was like. <laughs> That's not that's, how movies that's work. That's intense <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> but I did so yeah, basically that's so yeah. Now we're stuck with Sam and Frodo and they don't understand how to walk in a straight line. Which I, I I'm not gonna fault them for. It has been proven that you will walk in circles if you don't have like something to actually guide you or make well, sure that you're not doing it. And that. also like they're they're in uh the Emin Wheel, which is like a a as Gimli says in the last movie an impassable labyrinth of razor sharp rocks. So it's not even just that it's like go straight. Like there's no like clear cut paths through this thing. They're just kind of like finding their way between rocks. And so they keep like going through and thinking they're going the right way. And then they just like go in circles. Mm. Um, yeah. So there, so there is, you know, bummed about that. Yeah. And then, you know, they think that they're being followed and we'll get to that in a minute. Cause now we're going to cut to, you know, Mary and Pip. And I do like the addition that they do with of this in the extended edition. It's the same as that they had in the theatrical version. They just like extended out the uh 
length of time that they're chasing uh that the orcs are running with Mary and Pippin and being chased by the hunters. And I liked it because it played better in terms of actually leaving, you know, signs for them to catch up. Like, you know, you have a better understanding of the time it's actually taking because the orcs, like the the Urukai have met back up with the orcs uh, and the orcs are like, you're late. What the fuck were you? You know, you're taking too long. And they're, you know, this is at this point, uh, Pippin's kind of trying to wake Mary up. It's kind of like, yeah that's not in a theatrical cut yeah yeah no like in the theatrical cut it's just uh they're running and then you see uh pippin take the pin and like throw the brooch and leave it on the ground and then we just keep going like you don't see anything until they stop to get like to rest or whatever yeah and so i like this too because it fixes a minor issue i had with the theatrical cuts because i didn't watch obviously i watched the theatrical cuts first and so you would see it's all Uruk-hai. In the theatrical, yes. Yeah, yeah. In the theatrical, it's all Urukai that come and attack the fellowship at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. And the Urukai are the ones that steal Mary and Pippin. And mm. then when you watch Two Towers, if you only watch the theatrical cut, when the Urukai finally stop to rest, they're just regular orcs in the midst with them and stuff. And I yeah. was always like, how the fuck are there orcs? It's an Urukai army, but because... Yeah, like, I didn't see any of those dudes here. How is this How is this Exactly. But, but now, yeah. because they added in that little part, it you understand how big that force is and what's actually happening and what's going on. And so, yeah, basically, you know, Mary is just KO'd. Just yeah. got hit in the I'll, head real bad. Also, this is... um So... From like a, a filmmaking standpoint, this scene is interesting too. So you see Mary and Pippin are both like they have like their arms like bound uh in front of like they're like essentially like piggybacking on these Urukai. But they like in this the shot that I, I never really thought about it for a long time, uh, because it's so well done that it's like that, those aren't just like actors that they have their arms around, uh, because it is set up to look bigger than them for scale issues, so that it, they look like hobbits. So both of them are what they like. They are, have their arms, and like yes, there's an actor, but it's an actor wearing what's called a big rig. Is this thing that they developed for this? Um, and you see it a couple other times. Like it's um, when the hobbits go to the prancing pony. And they first go in and there's like a character that like there's like a, a patron that like walks between the hobbits mm-hmm. uh, and is like very tall. It's essentially like like stilts and like a larger set of shoulders and like a fake head on top that like actors would like get in. So like that they would like portray these uh, these moments and like they their hands all kind of move in like a, a weird way. And there's like when when Gandalf is like taking Bilbo's hand just like wish him well on his journey when he leaves back in that's also a bag a, a big rig which is why his hand like moves kind of weird okay. on it you don't really notice it until you now you've noticed it i've ruined this scene for people now because <laughs> now you can't unsee it um and also that that big rig with it walks through in in the prancing pony does the same like weird hand clenching hand motion um but it's it's like a cool you don't really it's a good like time to like kind of like illustrate that i like that shot being extended because you can kind of like notice that more and again because it's done so well you don't even think about it but it wouldn't look right if they didn't do that if it was just like if they just had them around the shoulders of like an actor it would look weird because they're similar sizes exactly uh so yeah so they basically stopped they made up with the orcs uh at this point mary 
or Pippin decides, okay, I gotta leave something because they smell man flesh. So mm-hmm. they're like, oh, and you know, man thank flesh. God that Mary and Pippin are not, they haven't been able to smoke weed for a hot minute. So they're, they're gonna be very smart in this movie. <laughs> uh, I think that also doesn't help with why Mary and Pippin are so stupid is the fact that they smoke mad weed, like they get high all day. So this is an interesting thing. So Tolkien specifically talks about in the prelude in the preface to the fellowship of the ring that pipe weed is tobacco like he straight up says like it's tobacco and like he essentially did that because tolkien fucking loves his pipe like he was he was very about smoking a pipe it was his favorite thing to do like he liked to drink and he liked to smoke a pipe um but i do find it interesting that it is very clearly kind of like they lean into the that 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 uh, kind of understanding of what pipe weed is in this film. Um, yeah, I've always found that kind of intriguing. Yeah, because let's be real, like with Gandalf, with anything, like everybody comments, like, "Oh, you and that weed in the Shire." Like it's like it's like, dude, this is this is weed, and yeah. the way the they love react... of the halfling's leaf has clearly slowed your mind. Exactly, yeah. like it's it's weed, and they, so they also did. Um, they did like a couple of tests. So this is obviously this was, began being shot in the late nineties, and there was a lot of uh, concern at a certain point, like, oh, like, and I, you don't really think about it. like, I mean, you don't see a lot of movies where like people are just smoking all the time now, unless it's like a period piece and it's like specifically done, so, like to be like, oh, look, it's the seventies, everyone smoked, kind of thing, like something like that. Um, but. At the time, there was a little bit of concern on the studio's part of like, oh, is it going to like, are we going to have people upset that all these characters are smoking so much? So they did a couple of te- like they they toyed with this idea that Gandalf in this version would have just like just given up smoking. So instead of having a pipe, he would have like a like a bag of toffees. So he would instead be like, well, oh, sure. Uh, bro, like he would always have like a mouth, like a toffee so in his mouth that, that he'd be uh, sucking on. Nah, nah. Do you know why that's the case? Hmm. Who was the actor they first asked uh, to be Gandalf? Who did they first imagine Gandalf being played by? Uh, Ian McKellen. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Well, okay. I heard, they, I heard they, that they there were... was a, there was talk about um, they at they talk. I believe they talked like Ian McKellen. Uh, are you about to start to bring up Richard Harris? No, I was going to bring up Sean Connery because that was oh, what was brought. Yes. And who? What does Sean I Connery forgot. sound like when he talks? Like he has oh, toffees yeah. in his mouth, marble mouth. So and he they, needed they, they yeah. needed the excuse if that was the case. Oh, this is why Gandalf talks like a Scottish man. It's because he has toffees in his mouth all the time. Yes, that's right. It is wild. All the people that like almost like uh nicholas cage was like they want it was the first pick for aragorn like, can you fucking imagine first like, off nicholas cage's life would be so much different if he had done that you know what i mean all, this film also would not have been that good like i love nicholas cage he would not have been good in this <laughs> you know nicholas well think about it though this is like 1999 dude we're still nicholas cage hasn't gone full cage yet no but like exactly like I don't People like. I feel like it would be. It's still closer to leaving Las Vegas. We're getting yeah. sidetracked. The point is, yeah, okay. that we wouldn't want to get sidetracked on this podcast. God. Not with Nicholas Cage. We have so much to talk about. <laughs> Never. This. So, uh, but yeah, that basically, uh, 
Pippen is like, let me leave this brooch uh, on the ground. Which, yep. can we for a second? I get because the big rig thing works. So I, I fully understand the size difference in the, the Urukai and the orcs wouldn't even see Pippin spit this brooch on the ground or anything like that. But I do have a problem with Aragorn finding it like a day later uh, because how the fuck is he? Legolas and Aragorn both have great vision, sight, all these things. You're sprinting constantly trying to catch up to these uh, hobbits. So you're going to spot this brooch. Now, granted, you could argue, well, they're following the trail. This is literally the trail where they they ran through. And I would argue, exactly. So why would they need to be directly on top of it? They could see it and keep running. Through, like I- Okay, okay. You, you bring up a good point. And this is something that, again, makes more sense in the books. Because in the books, Aragorn is the best tracker in the world. Like he is like bar none. Like if you if you need somebody tracked, this is the dude to do it. And that's kind of like why like you when in the scene later on when Aragorn is kind of like recreating what happens with the hobbits, mm-hmm. why that happens because that's his whole shit. Like he is an amazing tracker. So doing that is like very within his wheelhouse of just being okay. like, oh, here's this here. Okay, cool. And plus, you know, like the argument could also be made. It, like maybe the brooch shines. In the sun, you see something like what's over yeah. there, like you know, who knows? But they realize, okay, we're gaining on them, we're about a day away. Uh, but they picked up their speed, they must have caught on to us. Now we got the sprint, and we get a lot of funny jokes with Gimli being. I'm yeah. just like, look, can we all acknowledge for a second that in reality, Gimli would be like four or five miles behind them? There's no so, way he would be that close, <laughs> yes. And also, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a lot of the the typical uh person who's seen lord of the rings a lot of the times uh things in this episode but so in this part where they do all these shots of uh these wide these great wide shots of the 300s running so that is and uh, this is not like a, a revelation but so none of those shots are with uh john reese davies who is the tallest person in, in the fellowship he's the tallest actor in the fellowship um he most of the time that you see Gimli on stage, he's actually played by an, uh, a man named Brett Beatty, who is not credited. Uh, there, there was like this kind of like back and forth, like original. They were like going to credit him, like both of them as it, because anytime that you don't have a close up of Gimli, that's not John Reese Davies. Anytime okay. you see, because uh, Brett Beatty was like very short and he you know he he like fit with the with with what it needed to be so he was like the scale double but because of like um different political things they they still went with uh they still went with uh uh john reese davies would be the only credited one and actually so all of the cast had uh they they all got matching tattoos um everyone in the fellowship got matching tattoos during the filming Mm -hmm. they got uh nine in elvish and so didn't get that but brett Beatty did get the nine tattoo so if that just kind of like put, puts it puts in just perspective that but so that being said um during this time when all of them are running orlando bloom had broken a rib doing filming with a horse they're like doing doing horse shenanigans he'd broken a rib uh brett Beatty had uh dislocated his knee and uh vigo morrison had broken his two toes from kicking that helmet that everyone was like, oh, he he broke his toe. And he broke two toes. Everyone says he broke his toe. He actually broke two toes. Um, But that, so that whole time, that is the conditions that they're running in. And I'm like, wow, 
holy shit, man. <laughs> like, I'm just like doing I'm that like, under a hey, prime Pete, exam. Like, Pete, nah. I'm taking the day. I'm taking yeah. the day, Pete. I'm not running. I'm literally not yeah. doing it today. <laughs> Pete would be like, well, you are. <laughs> you are actually going to run today. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I'm like, all right, Pete, I'm going to need at least 1% of the return on this since uh, I'm going to need yeah. medical care for my knee for the rest of my life. People get hurt on Pete Jackson films. Like, no, no, nothing against, nothing against Pete, but like, that was like a thing. Like, I remember that also, like, when, when King Kong came out, like, that was, uh, yeah. that was the thing that they talked about then. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people got hurt in this film, uh, especially stunt people. Like, I believe there was a lot of stuff that came out afterwards, like a lot of like more, stringent protocols to make sure that they that like stunt people could not get hurt in this fashion as much okay. but um but yeah. at the time they, that was the case so i will say though uh you know basically they're like okay we gotta keep going keep running catch up with the orcs mm. uh at this point we're gonna cut back because i think this is when we cut back to sam and frodo and then you know basically laying a trap for Gollum. yeah uh, which is pretty smart, and they get into a scuffle, a skirmish, they capture Gollum. Now Gollum's going to lead the way. We'll just get through that quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's um, it's wild. I mean... I mean, Andy Serkis does a great job. Like, he, like, this is really where you get to see him shine even more. Oh, yeah, this is his... I mean, Andy Serkis has done like amazing in every single role I've ever seen him in, but... I mean, I he's mean, great in 13 going on 30. You know, he's, yeah, like, he's I mean, great in everything. Genuinely yeah, like, I mean, everything. I still do think that, like, Gollum is his best performance. Like, may- maybe I'm basic for saying that. But I do think that this... And also, this is, like... It was revolutionary for digital, like, character design in general. Um, and, like, some of the stuff that they did with... I mean, obviously, this is an all-Andy. This is also wet digital but some of the stuff that they did with this character, like people still look at it and are like, holy shit, this is amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, this is, a, this is a, a great, a great battle. So you get, you get them all uh, thrashing around and uh, you get a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of movements, a lot of things that you get from actually having him. Cause so they would, they would film, they would film uh, Andy like in like this weird, like white suit that like it like covered his head and like it, it like had like this weird kind of like musculature pattern on the front but it was, it was like it got like really like torn up and nasty because he was just like crawling around the whole time so like do a, sh- a shot of him in that like interacting with uh with elijah and sean and then they would do another they would go back and they would do a mocap session where they would record the same motions with andy in a mocap suit and then they would overlay that there. But because you have all those steps, like you have like, there's a, a part where, where Gollum like turns and his foot and Andy Serkis's foot caught one of the cloaks and it like swings it back. And like, there's like things like that that you don't get if you do it fully digital. And it, it really, it really plays in the, it, in the scene. It works well. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, like now Gollum's going to lead them. Specifically to the Black Gates of Mordor, that's what he was told. Specifically, specifically, you will will take me. You will take us to the Black Gates. Like, that's it. And he was like, "All right, yeah, all right." I can ask an answer, baby. And uh, that was easy, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, he he runs off. You know, he you get a little bit of the the starts of like, oh, Gollum has a split personality thing. And this um, is this is what I love. So at this point, we get a new point of view, a new perspective, if you will, and that is Carl Urban showing up. What's up, Carl Urban? Mm-hmm. Vastly underrated. Love him as uh, is he Phaedrin? So What's his name? Phaedrin. Uh, no, he's a Aomer. Aomer. Phaedrin's the yeah. king's son. Theodred is the king's son, yes. Yeah, okay. So that's what they're looking for. They're out, like, searching, you know. Uh, the king's oh, son's the been king's attacked. Son. Yeah. And also, this is what I love, too, about the extended edition. So, more or less, you... In the theatrical version, it is presented as, like, oh, the king's son has passed recently. Uh, and the king is, you know, out of it and doesn't really know what's going on. Whereas, in the extended edition, it's like, no, dude, like, it's... It's been like he's been he was alive. If the king had like shaken Grey Worm, what's his neck? Great Grey Grievous Wormtail. Yeah. Worm, sorry, no Worm Tongue. Worm Tongue. Worm Tongue. Grievous Worm Tongue. If you'd be able to Grima. shake him, <laughs> Grievous Wormtail. <laughs> Grima Worm Tongue. Do they not have like I haven't? I watched the um, the theatrical cut on a plane over the summer. Um, but I don't. I I thought I remembered them. Do they? Do they really not have this scene? In- no. So like, all you get uh, for that, you don't. You don't get. Uh, all you get is the scene with, like, the very small scene where Carl Urban is telling the king, like, orcs are running like a muck through our lands and killing people. You know, they're attacking, doing all this stuff, and then Wormtail or Wormtongue is like. No, uh, that's heinous lies, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah. you know, he's like, you've looked at my sister far too long. That You see that short part because then you see him get kicked out. and But you don't see any of the rest of it. You don't see him that's go rescue right, his son. Because they don't have, well, I think yeah. that they do the scene where, like, it, it's, because they definitely do the scene where, like, uh, Theoden is, like, mourning Theodrid. Uh, when he's like uh, Simbamurna, long have they covered the the tombs of my forefathers? Now should they absolutely, cover the tombs? absolutely. But, but I, so I think they do this scene where Aomer and Ao, like Aomer has just brought back Theodred, and so Aowen rushes in and like sees how injured he is, and I think that's the extent of it. Is that right? Yeah. So yes. So they they show you that part, but okay, it's basically how it's cut in the theatrical version. Is it seems like she shows up to be like, oh, you found, oh, he's already dead. Whereas yeah. in the extended edition, no, he's still alive. He's just dying. Like he, he's yeah. not like she. You know, she sees like oh his stomach's wounded, but he makes it like, you know, a few days at least before he finally succumbs. And yeah. enough time for Aomir. That's just who is this? Aomir? Yeah, Aomir. That's for enough time for him to get banished and go lead the Rohan, which the I think Rohirrim. means horseman. I could be wrong. I, I'm a little fuzzy in Rohirrim. I thought that uh, I means I thought horseman. Horseman was uh, Bojack. I thought that Bojack. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, uh, yeah. Do you see that? You see the grossness of Wormtongue and how he feels about Aowen. Yes, and that's just all gross and creepy and weird. Yeah, but you actually get a lot more of him with his, you know, tongue in the ear of. Theoden, because you see, like, just weak, decrepit, like, just Theoden's not with it, not doing much, all this stuff. Uh, yeah. 
yeah he he's he's all fucked up and it's so um they uh for this scene um the original thought was uh to have um to have bernard hill be in like a prosthetic for this but bernard hill did not like the idea of prosthetics he felt like he lost a lot of the uh, the uh the performance if you did that so they did a technique called old age stippling uh for to apply like make him look so old so what that is is essentially you um you pull your the skin like very tight like you take you take like the skin of the actor and you like pull it very tight like you you like essentially like press on either side of their forehead and like pull it tight and then you apply this like wax and then you dry it with while while it's still like pulled tight you dry it with a hair dryer so that it like hardens a little bit and then you let go of the skin and it like makes it look like all wrinkly and, and, okay. and all fucked up. So that is how they they got that. Like none of that's a prosthetic to make them look all nasty and fucked up. Um, yeah, it, it and, works really well though. It's great. It's done tremendously well. And you see, yeah. So basically, how it's broken down now is you can very easily see that Warm Tongue has basically has created it a situation where he is the only person in the king's ear. He's the only one doing things. He's gotten rid of everybody and everybody that's around. And Aramur yep. has figured out that. What uh, is it, Sauron? Or I guess still Sauron instead of Sauron is the one that promised it because Sauron promised him he could have Eowyn, and I yes. guess, and I guess Rohan. Yes. Once Sauron runs everything, is that how? Yeah, it, essentially the I believe that it's yeah that that when 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 Rohan falls, that Sauron would like allow, uh, uh like Grima to like, uh, yeah, like keep uh, Eowyn and like he would like be like the kind of a uh, steward of Ro like he would be the person of Rohan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But not like in any way. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. Then we're going to cut back <coughs> because uh, this is when the orcs, the orc and the orcs decide to take a rest. It's nighttime. They're like, let's take a break. Let's, let's chill out. You know, in fact, you have a very, Oh, actually, I guess a another good part is you can sell how much the, in the theatrical version, since this is where we stop, you're like, these orcs are just ridiculous. Like, they just, like, can't wait to... They have to eat the hobbits immediately. But because in the extended edition, you have the extra scenes with Mary and Pippin and them leaving the brooch and stuff, you they haven't eaten, like, food for, you know, days. Because they, they ran straight from uh, Isengard oh, yeah. all the way. Like, yeah, the hobbits, the like, don't eat at all. Like, other than, like, the, the like... Uh, mouthful of uh, of Urukai grog that I mean in the books like like Mary ta like is like oh like the, he feels like he has so much energy like after like being like force fed that um, but yeah they like don't eat this yeah. <laughs> for no, three days I guess at all days yeah. which <sighs> anyway because like also when are they eating with Treebeard but we'll get into that you know well that's yeah. like but. Uh, the orcs are hungry. They don't want to eat any more maggoty bread. They want meat. You know, then you have like, I don't know, two just like, I, I get they're trying to be like, it's their nature, this, that, and the other. Maybe it's because they're orcs and not orcai, so they don't have as much discipline. But I'm just like, dude, you have, you literally know you're not allowed to touch these hobbits, and you're like, I'm just gonna cut them anyway. I'm gonna skin them. I'm gonna kill them. Like, what? That makes, but anyway, uh, so orc gets killed. 
beheaded. Now there's meat on the menu. Hobbits are like, this is our chance to escape. They're, you know, they're about yeah. to get killed. Then the Rohirrim show up and annihilate and slaughter everybody. And for a split second, if you don't understand how film techniques work, you would think that the horses like crush Mary and or Pippin, yeah, or Pippin, excuse me, yeah, crush Pippin. The Mary is, you know, next. I mean, I mean, I guess like the so there is like that, yeah, yeah. Like, why are the orcs uh, like don't give a shit about keeping the hobbits alive? I mean, at this point, I don't think that the orcs, like the Gundabad orcs that are there, um, I don't. Th- well, I guess they're not Gundabad orcs, but the the orcs from Mordor, um, uh, I don't. They're not like they don't necessarily know that like these are the hobbits that like like sauron hasn't been like hey get the hobbits like um like sauron sauron said hey get the hobbits because sauron is like trying to double cross sauron that's what he that's why he's trying to get the 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 hobbits brought to him so that he can take the ring because i mean if you really think i mean it wouldn't work because the ring again only answers to sauron but uh Saruman is a Maiar just like Sauron. So I mean you could argue like uh you know if it did that much for Sauron like it'll probably make it, you know it'll it'll do the same things for for Saruman. Um so he's trying to like fuck over Sauron by like sending by like having hit the the hobbits brought to him. Oh. Um so it could be that they just I maybe they just don't know like they weren't instructed to do that. Um but who knows. Okay. Okay. That, either way, that uh, then we're gonna cut back now because we're gonna go right back to Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli, and they're just you know, I don't understand how uh, it's like the staging of the shot. I understand makes it seem this way, but I don't understand how in reality because they're all just like just chilling, hanging out in the open field. Then immediately Aragorn's like, "Holy fuck, we gotta move." And it's like they get right behind this rock, and immediately three thousand horse, like soldiers, are like flying by. And you're like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on." They would have seen you. So they they um so they're like running like beneath like the the ridge of this hill, and essentially, like you start to hear them coming up from the other side of this ridge, like going about to crest the hill. So that's when they go down. Like they 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 kind of like. They, uh, yes, they're running perpendicular to each other. Horses. What I'm saying is, horses are eight feet tall. And right. It's it's a tall hill. It's, it's like they have to ride being, up it. I just, I'm just like, dude. I think they they wouldn't have been able to see them. But anyway, it doesn't matter because yeah. you know we're all friends. But you do, you know, they're like, hey, you know, Aragorn screams out like, uh, "Soldiers of Rohan, like, riders of Rohan, what news, what news from the mark?" Yeah. And then it's like. It's just funny when they turn around and immediately like Liz is like, uh, should you have done that? <laughs> yeah. What's funny, so this is um I recently played the uh Lord of the Rings Lego game, which if you haven't played, it's a fun time. It is it's interesting because it's a it's a game that's like for children, so they can't like say like kill or like have care like like boromir doesn't die like when boromir gets hit with the arrows he like winks <laughs> and, like when he's dead he's like oh wink and like, oh. <laughs> like 
And at this point, when the uh, when the the riders when the Rohirrim like encircle them, they essentially like start doing like dressage, like they start like ri- riding in circles and like they're dancing, but like they're still having like this con- the same conversation. Like, what does an elf, a man, and a dwarf have in the Riddermark? And like while they're like dancing in a circle around them, it's very good. I, I highly recommend playing the the Lego Lord of the Rings game. Not a sponsor, uh, but, but but what I love though, because you know. The real metal of people because ah. when the Rohirrim is like business do you have here blah 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 what do, like you say well, what do a dwarf a man and an elf have business here and Gimli's like what's your name why don't you give me your name motherfucker before I give you mine and then you know he's like I'll chop your head off your head but sure so, so short I don't I can't even do it and then Legolas is like I like this dwarf now so fuck you bitch I'll shoot an arrow yeah. right through your eye and it's like and then Aragorn's kind of like alright look like, what, oh what chill the fuck doing? out and like Gimli too doing? is like <laughs> Whoa, whoa, <laughs> like, 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 let's uh, let's but, chill out. Which is so fun. It's like, it's just because, like, you had said last time, it's like, Legolas is like, bro, I'm out here to make a name for myself. Like, test me. Yeah, I'm here. Now. I'm here. I'm here. Like, <laughs> test me. Yeah. But I also love that moment because I think in that moment is when Gimli is like, oh shit, like, Legolas is willing to die to make sure I don't die. Like, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's he really this is like, is, this is the first bit of of like their like journey to being friends this is the first time that there is ever anything like positive between them yeah and so uh it yeah you know but essentially they calm down it's kind of like what the fuck's going on this is when i'm sorry what's carl urban's character name again aomer yeah he's just carl urban he, he has no name and the uh in the well, theatrical carl. version yeah. he's just he's just carl yeah urban. they just like, call him carl it's really weird it's like they say hey popular australian actor uh carl urban <laughs> yeah they say future bones can you come yeah. down here and talk to me? yeah <laughs> okay judge dread i need to have a moment and they uh but he, t- oh, he that's right he them. was judge dread Hell jesus yeah. christ i can't i always forget that movie came out it's so good too it's so is good. it dude it's fucking great it's All him right. you get you get carl urban versus lena heavy it's so good. Okay. Like, oh, all right. It's trust me, dude. It's you know the bad one is the one with Sylvester Stallone. This one is fucking. See, I always think that that one is the good one because it's it's with Sylvester Stallone. Even if it's bad, it's still like a Sylvester Stallone comic book action movie. I'm telling you, kind of like Demolition Man. Dread is fucking a one. We might have okay. to cover that. Uh, all right. In January or something. Anyways, uh, he they, you know a Amir a. a yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you, Tolkien, for making these difficult. You couldn't just name them Fred. And he uh, he <laughs> updates them on the situation and is like, you know, uh, the king is, you know, not who he once was. He's trying to very politely be like, listen, bro, you know, yeah. he's gone evil. Like, we can't help him, you know? He says that the king does not recognize friends. Uh, uh, the uh, Saruman has poisoned the mind of the king. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, well, hey, what, we're actually tracking two little hobbits. We were tracking a band of orcs or whatever. And they're like, oh, we slaughtered the fuck out of them. Yeah. But he's like, you can go look for them, you know, blah, blah. That just gets the hunters to the location where they need to be, which yeah, is outside of some horses and Fangborn uh, yeah. Forest. And yeah, like, they, they do them. the whole, they have the whole. And again, so this time when they're like, uh, but j- just to, to back up a bit so when they're like looking for the yeah. hobbits because you get this at this point the casual moviegoer might believe that maybe pippin is dead for some reason um 
but uh so like they go and there's the pile of of orakai corpses and gimli is like kind of digging around and he pulls out like the the belt and scabbard an elven scabbard for their daggers which again you don't know about if you watch the theatrical version exactly it seems wild that they set up all these things that they like do callbacks to that had they like completely removed the sword regardless but uh like oh it's one of their wee belts and then you know aragorn kicks the helmet and you know and then uh then they yeah they 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 find that they ran into into fangorn for you get i will uh, let's let's take a moment though really what i do love because i like this technique a lot is while aragorn is you know telling gimli and legolas about the struggle and what actually happened that night and how the hobbits are okay yeah they're showing us in reality so we see that you know pippin just rolls away from the horse they like escape into the forest an orc chases them they climb up a tree yeah, beautiful Before... cut there also. Like when, when they're saying like uh Fangorn Forest, what madness drove them in there? And like you see like the camera pans to I mean it's during the day with their shot, and then it hits a tree, and then as it goes through the trans it transitions to like their shot at night. It's a great transition. It is very and well done. Also, let's take a moment before we get into the story of like what is the like history of Fangorn Forest? Why is is it just like the is it the only uh, like living forest? The only, is that all the ends from that forest? Is it like so? Was, the reason why I ask is because like they're like yeah, that some some forests are alive or things do blah blah blah. But is like I'm trying to figure out like is this like the one known haunted forest? and all the ents live there and that's why or because it seems like in the movie that the ents are like for all trees all like from in every place you know what i mean so um fangarn forest is like all that's left of uh this massive forest that would uh uh was spanned from Eriador to kelinardon um in like I guess first and second age, um, and it was uh, destroyed mostly by Numenorians. Um, and so it it eventually, and like, you know, uh, Treebird talks about this, like, oh, it used to be that a, 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 a squirrel could jump from one tree to the next and travel through uh, most of the, the width of the, of the west of Middle-earth. Um, and like yeah, so this is this is like not it's not necessarily like oh this is like where the ants like the ants were everywhere, but this was like the largest forest. So yeah, this was kind of like their their zone um, that they hung out in. But it's very it's it is much reduced in size. Okay. I mean, this is kind of like where you get into Tolkien's kind of uh, environmental take. Like the, the the ants represent like in a lot of ways Tolkien's environmental views, mm-hmm. yeah. and it. Essentially, though, because the way it's framed in the movie is, is that this is a terrifying force. Like, it seems like Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli do not are not in, like enjoying the fact that they have to go yes. in there to get them. Yeah. So, um, and and uh, Treebird talks about that a little bit. Uh, like, you get this uh, scene where, uh, so after like Treebird, you know, he he kills the orc that's chasing Merry and Pippin, and he, you know, they're like kind of like talking back and forth. So he thinks that they're orcs to him, like. 
dog, you know what orcs look like. And, like, yeah. like these, these aren't orcs. Like, they're wearing, like, little tiny... Also, something I want to point out that always is, is like, wild to me is, like, the, the adventuring clothes of the hobbits. Like, Frodo is like, oh, I'm going to go on an adventure across, like, the entirety of the world. I'm going to wear uh, my fancy brown velvet vest and <laughs> my little sport coat. And, like, I'm like, dog, like... <laughs> Do you have anything utilitarian at all? Don't get me wrong. I love Frodo and his gay little vests. Like I'm very about it. But uh, it's uh, it, so. But regardless, um, but yes, yeah, so you, uh, you like uh, when when Treebeard, like you know, he he brings them to 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 the hobbits to rest, and like the next morning, there is a scene where they they're drinking the Entrot, which is what makes Merry and Pippin tall. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, they they have this whole scene, and like that is a, a canonical thing. Like by the end of uh, Lord of the, like they they always talk about the like Merry and Pippin were essentially considered giants of the Hobbit community. Like they were incredibly tall for hobbits uh, because they drank this Entrot. Um, but uh, there is this moment where, you know, the this tree, uh, you know, it, it like kind of like surrounds them with its roots and all this. And this is a moment that is taken from uh, the book of the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, mm -hmm. So when when the hobbits are, are leaving, like and they're going through the old wood, they come to the stream. And uh, like they, they all like rest in the stream. Like you know, Frodo puts his feet in, and they all get like very sleepy. And there is this tree there that like you know like snatches them up in its roots and like seals Pippin inside. And uh, like they try burning it, and like Pippin's like, no, I can hear him saying. Uh, maybe it's Mary. I don't remember. But like he's like, oh no, I, I can hear him saying like he'll do horrible things to me if you keep trying to burn. Um, and uh, so then Tom Bombadil. <laughs> And he says the lines that uh, that uh, Treebeard says, and a lot of Tom Bombadil's lines were given to Treebeard, like uh, "You should not be waking. Eat earth, drink water, like all all these things." Like it, he he says that to them, and and does to you know get them wet away from Old Man Willow. But that's essentially this scene here. Um, and then Treebeard talks about that the the forest, it like it is a dangerous place because the trees like are like. Uh, especially in this wood like yes they're like alive and angry like they're they're very angry at you know essentially like being like cut down and like all these things happening to them over all these years so they are dangerous like they will like kill you so that is why uh that is why it's a dangerous place okay but the, and that's what the the ants were there to like kind of like keep track uh like to to kind of control the forest in that manner like there's a forest is like alive there's also um something that's not really talked about it's these uh horns which are in the book they mentioned that it's essentially i mean a classic tolkien thing he's, he says that he's not sure if it if they are ants that have become treeish or trees that have become entish and i think that it is the latter i think it's it's uh, trees that have become entish um but that yeah that they they can like move around a bit and like uh, essentially like all like at the end of uh at the end of the battle of helm's deep when all those trees fuck all those up those are horns essentially that that do that okay. um but that there aren't enough ants anymore to 
keep track of all these like wiling out trees in this woods. So it's dangerous. Okay. And so, uh, basically, you know, tree bears kind of telling them, or that, you know, we, I'm taking you to the white wizard. The white wizard will let me know the truth uh, about you guys. And, you know, there, of course, because Mary and Pippin, like me, didn't know about the book, so they're just living it. And I was like, they're like, oh, fuck, dude, he's going to take us to Sauron. No, bueno. And it's like, damn. And I genuinely was like, damn, that's going to suck. Yeah, and you're like, tree beard also like, hey, this doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> at all. Like, at all. So you're like, yeah. what? But I, I don't understand. And I throw him down the ground, and it's like, all oh, this white light. It's like, Jesus? And then you see like a, a slight Jesus. smile and it's like all right we're gonna cut back now aren't we now it's you know legolas aragorn gimli they're going through they're trying to figure out you know where the hobbits are mm. they are like hey the the white wizard lives here be very careful or the whatever. white wizard approaches Dude, i i don't know why this this line delivery of aragorn's cracks me up but when he because i mean it make it makes sense, like in in canon. The line is he's like, "Don't let him speak; he will cast a spell on us." Like it seems, I don't know why, but it it always cracks me the fuck up for some reason. But yeah, because it, it like Sauron's, like I mean Sauron, like so they don't. The wizards are not supposed to really use Magia at all. Um, they're not really supposed to use their magical powers, which is why you don't really see Gandalf ever do that. Because um, it like is going to draw attention from Sauron and all this, so like it, it kind of like shines a beacon on where they are. So they don't really do that. Um, Saruman's main power was his voice, not necessarily that like oh his voice was mad, but like I mean in a, in a way, but like that like if he talked to you, like he could like bend your like he he would like make you see things his way. Like he had like very high charisma scores. Um, but uh, so yeah, then they they. Uh, you know, they, 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 you know, uh, Gimli throws an axe, uh, Easily repels. Era, uh Aragorn Easily gets caught. a spicy sword. Um, I know, I'm yeah. always like, Aragorn, what is yeah. it? It's like, ah, it's I, like hot, like, bro. Yeah, it's like, you gave me the old spicy sword. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, the white wizard starts speaking. Yeah. And I like how they like give his voice a little reverb at first, so you don't know, and they're trying to hide him. And so they like... also they layer. So what they do there is they have, uh, they have Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen both saying the same lines, and they they like switch the levels of them so that at certain times one is coming through more than the other. Okay. And it's it's really so like there are some endings where it's like that is one hundred percent Christopher Lee, and then there's some where he's like. Does that comfort you? Like that's a hundred percent. That that's a hundred percent Ian McKellen. Yeah. Um. So I was uh, I was watching this movie with my friend Kiana uh, a few months ago. She had never seen Lord of the Rings before, and I was like, okay, we got to fix that. So we were watching. Uh, we were watching the Two Towers, and the settings on her TV were such that 
because her brightness was however it was, you could clearly see Ian McKellen's face, like in the part the part where like it, it's like showing his face and it's like whited out and you're not supposed to be able to, be able to tell. Like it was yeah. just straight up like him like standing there and like Aragorn's like, "Who are you?" And I'm like, "Dog, it's it's clearly Ian McKellen." I'm like this, <laughs> and like she hadn't seen it, so she's like, "It's Gandalf." I'm like, yeah, I know that it's Gandalf. I was like, I get it. I was like, but you have your TV set so that you can play video games that being in the dark and spooky like i get it i get it but like come on um but, but you ruined uh, the moment because of that. that's hilarious yeah it's uh it's it's it was definitely uh but yeah so he it's gandalf and they're kind of like what the fuck gandalf yeah. and this is oh this is... also one one other thing i want to point out about this so when in this scene like gandalf is like uh because they call it like, like uh aragorn's like gandalf uh and uh, Gandalf's like, Gandalf, Gandalf, yes, that's what they used to call me. Gandalf, yeah, that's great. Here's the thing he fucking is doing that, like, he's trolling them because he's already met Merry and Pippin, who 100% were like, Hey, Gandalf, and yes. also Treebeard is like, Gandalf said to keep you safe. So yes. safe is where I'll keep you. Like he's just fucking with them. I like, know. He hunt, like this, this whole thing, this whole song and dance of like doing this whole like it was just like him just trying just fucking with them. Like I was gonna <laughs> point it out because I was like, bro, it makes no sense because he does yeah. that. He's like, I guess I'm now Gandalf the White. And then yeah. immediately remembers fucking everything about everything. And you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, he, so... he he was just putting this shit on, like it was wild. Just Gandalf is very time. extra. And he's like, "All right, guys, what's the dealio? Like, you know, what's the ha- what's the sitch? What's going on? Yeah, what like what's going down? What's in the four one town? one? And they, you know, they're like, oh, this is what's going on with Rohan.' And he's like, "Yes, King Theoden is being corrupted. We must go there and save him. And it's yeah. like, let's do some badass shit right now. Yeah. And they're uh, full on, you know, like, oh, we got to take all your weapons. And I just love the fact, like, it's just Aragorn, like, listen, Gimli, just like, all right." You know, here, hold on. Here, here's this one. Oh, wait, hold yep. this one too. Yep. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Gimli wait. has like, wait, how many? Let's see, how many axes does Gimli have? So Gimli has two throwing axes, which he somehow just like manages to keep always, even though he uses them many times. Then he has his uh, axe that's a walking stick that he uses, and then he also has his double bladed axe on his back. So yeah, he's he's got a <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got, got a lot. He's packing. And, uh, basically everybody you know let's go of their weaponry and then the old guy who's like the captain of the guard is like uh, oh, your, yeah your stick as well your staff he's like i think oh. Gandalf just putting the shine on him yeah like, oh he's like oh he you would not deprive an old man yeah. of his walking stick starts leaning on it just a little bit more making it seem yeah. like he's weak then mind you the second the guy's like okay that's fair enough you can go inside he's like all right let me hide this shaft so that way when yeah uh, he starts like not... so it, it's like so it's twofold like one like yes legolas is like hat like he's taken legolas's arm kind of like he's like oh yes grandpa let me let me give you a hand but then he's not using his staff at all like he's just like holding it down like next to him yeah. like fucker like, hide, hide the staff I thought to hide the staff for the reveal yeah. when Greymon gets close hiding enough. It. He's just holding it down next to him. He's not using yeah, it like but, a walking but, stick. But, like, but the point is that, remember, because when Greymon finally gets into his face, oh, and he's yeah. like, 
get out my face, bitch, with this one. His staff is like, I told you the tank wasn't So staff. I guess it's just Dreama being unobservant. Because exactly. I would have been like, oh, that gig- that that seven-foot-long piece of white wood that's next to Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, oh, that's that thing. And so anyway, he's, you know, then you get to see just where it's like, I don't know how much the soldiers actually want to stop Gandalf because like there's kind of half-ass fighting Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli. Well, I couldn't tell if those were uh, Grima's actual like people or yeah. They were... So those um the actual soldiers like you see uh, uh I I don't remember if it's Hama or Gambling pulls out tries to starts to pull out his sword, but the other one is like no, just just like leave oh yeah it. no Hama um, Hama. Is the one that stops the other guy from pulling his sword. Yeah, if he's yeah, the one huh. that is like the main uh, guy still following Thaden. The one that well, Gamling technically is is the who's the, the one that puts Thaden's armor on him when he's about Gamling. to ride out. Okay, Gamling. that's the guy that stops the dude with the sword. Like, okay, that's yes, the one. yeah. So, and, uh, so yeah, Hama starts to pull out a sword, and Gamling's like, "No, don't fucking do it," because yeah, all these dudes that like try and, t- and these are the same dudes that were beating up Aramir. like these are all just shitty nasty guys that Rima found these are not like loyal kingsmen okay. um, and uh no yeah, they they get the shit beaten out of them and uh yeah this is a great i mean the in the the gandalf with a uh, with with Rima, like i fucking love <laughs> love the the line deliveries there he's like keep your fork, tongue behind your teeth I did not cross through fire and death to bandy wicked worms with wicked words with a witless worm, which is uh, uh, Tolkien was very fond of uh, uh, like alliterative prose, which is a uh, more common uh, poetic practice in like old English, like using like alliteration in, in instead of like rhyming couplets, using alliterative uh, stanzas. Um, mm-hmm. is, a, is a very common you see that a lot in tolkien's writing and it's just like very satisfying um, uh and so yeah basically gandalf is this i'm just curious like is this not magic when he's like battling Sauron and kicking yes, him out of he, he is using magi at this point and also just like fucking like it, it's just like such a great thing like theoden uh son of thango too long have you sat in the shadows and yeah he he essentially exercises uh sourman out sourman out like you know sourman like flies across also great cut uh, i know where so he, like, nice it's like bang yeah, and it's like he, he flies slides across, across the floor he's bleeding from the eyes and then you have this great scene of uh of theoden like going back through and i mean they they had to like do like that's also a great shot where they do these Mm -hmm. these this composite of all these different like levels of makeup that they had done for him like stacked on top of each other and they like gradually remove the layering uh until it's him and uh this scene like probably one of the like it always gives me goosebumps when uh when gandalf is like your fingers would remember their strength more if they grasped your sword. And uh, Gambling brings up Herogrim, which is uh, Theoden's sword, and he pulls out, like, the, the ASMR tingles and jingles of him pulling the sword slowly out of his... Oh, it's just such a great fucking scene. Like, that, that is, that is like, a, A-tier, God-tier uh, scene right there when he, he holds up his sword, and then he, you know, sees... Uh, sees Grima and they promptly throw him down a flight of stone steps, which will fuck your shit 
up. Like, Hilarious. And then really fucks your shit up. And then we'll have a point where Aragorn, who has no business with saying anything in Rohan, yeah, you're you're Numenorian, you're Dunedain, you, you're you're area of governance is gone so shut the fuck up he tells the king not to kill worms not, not, and not only like... not only does he tell the king he like as the king is about to do his king shit which this is his kingdom he's like has the sword up he's about to bring it down aragorn throws himself at Thaden, grabs the sword is like no my lord no i'm like whoa whoa you are kind of overstepping your bounds here yeah like i don't know who you think you are like my niece might be in love with you already but you need to chill and you can see theoden being like who the fuck is this motherfucker and i mean he also remembers him from like oh you're that dude when i was a child yeah he's like if you didn't help out my dad yeah. So long ago, I would murder you yeah, too. Yeah, but you are you the, the fuck s- out. He's like, you are the same age, and I am yeah. older than you now. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm concerned. Yeah, that's probably what he's throwing. He's like, holy shit, what the fuck? <laughs> this is uh, right. Yeah, he's like, huh? Yeah. You. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Thaden's, you know, back and basically, I don't recall exactly at what point, but we also know that. Even outside of the fact that, actually, I guess this is the point we're kind of timing up right. Uh, Sauron has been building his army. You know, Wormtongue shows up to be like, "Hey, this is what's going to happen now. These are the plans. This is like what the king would do. This, he, you know, blah blah blah." So they're building the battle. Uh, Sauron tells his army to go forth and you know, rape, pillage, burn everything that they see, and Sam and Frodo are just, you know, going through the swampy bog, whatever the fuck this thing is. You can explain this better because I, I, you know, it's just, it just seems like unclear. What is this, uh, this bog that has like dead elves and men and orcs and stuff in it? The the dead marshes. Yeah. So this is, um, yeah. So you have the dead marshes here, which are, uh, it is this, like vast, like swampy, boggy marshland, um, and it is uh, there. There you have all these elves and elvish and men and orcish corpses there, and it is the remnants of the Battle of uh, Dargalad, uh, or sorry, Daggerlad, uh, which is um, it was a battle essentially that happened right before the battle at the plains of Gargaroth. Uh, that is in the the prelude to the Lord of the Rings, um, so that is that's what you're seeing here, and uh, yeah, okay. I guess it's all spooky and haunted, and uh... and again, Gollum is like, oh, this this way, this way. You're like, oh, I'm sorry, I should, I'm, I should rephrase. We've we've turned to Smeagol at this point because you know we're supposed to be nice to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not his fault. It is his fault, but what? Okay, anyway. Uh, they get through. It's not relevant. You see, you see Frodo do a full face plant into the water like an idiot. And yeah, and also I want to say he has his eyes open in the dead people water. Like, yeah, you are gonna get the worst fucking case of conjunctivitis anyone has ever seen. It's just like Jesus Christ. He has um, hobbit eyes, so there's like an actual second film to like. What do your him. hobbit eyes see? Yeah, <laughs> dead bodies and it's like it's mushrooms, itchy and it burns. Yeah, 
yeah. So yeah, he he face plants and yeah, they talk about that. I mean, it's one of these things that it's not really like all of the kind of like very like kind of ghosty, spooky stuff in Lord of the Rings is um, it kind of is explained in in uh, kind of an ethereal manner. But yeah, it, essentially, like there's these like little like fires that are there that are I guess lit by the spirits is the idea. And Gollum's like, okay, don't follow the lights, like don't do that. Um, and so yeah, Frodo falls in. He sees the the ghoulies and the ghosts trying to come up and get him, and like also like that's like like a very like the the prosthetics like on on this like ghost that they have are like top notch. I mean, oh, it's you, great. You always forget that uh, until moments like these. Like Peter Jackson was like a good horror director. Like he yeah. did a lot. <laughs> he did, and I'd like, like a... to point out that because the ring is still on Frodo, yeah, Gollum. Is like nah, and snatches him back out and saves him, and you're like, yeah, bro. But see, Frodo mistakes that and thinks that Gollum or Smeagol is saving him. I know. I think saving it's the I I do think that that Gollum is mostly like he is mostly like lost, but I do th- I do legitimately think that there is an aspect of Smeagol that's there that does not necessarily like that that it, it is not wholly evil now. Smeagol was never like a like an amazing person to begin with, which is why he fell more easily to the ring, possibly. Um, because Hobbits, like, I mean, also Deagle fell more easily to the ring, too, you would say. Um, because Hobbits typically are, you know, they're, they're more resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would argue that that Smeagol has that at this point, yes, there is a good amount of that that is he has the ring, but um. You know, he, yeah. he pulls them out. Like he, he and, regardless of his reasoning, he pulls them. He pulls them out, and he and would not point, be out without him. Around this time, I just want to take one moment. Around this time, because they make it through, uh, you get a great scene where Smeagol and Gollum are arguing with each other back and forth, and you know, Smeagol gets Gollum the fuck off. You know, he's like, "Nah, Frodo likes us. He's dope. I don't need your bitch ass anymore. Leave me alone." Uh, that was a really great scene. I thought it was done really well, and. Wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Which, which scene? The scene where Gollum and Smeagol are talking to themselves back and forth about, like, and then Gollum or Smeagol is telling Gollum to go away. I don't think go that's away. here yet. That's not because. So at this point in the marshes, the scene that you have with uh, with Smeagol is that you have uh, it's at night and you get the shot of Frodo like lying there and he has the ring in his hand. He's just kind of stroking the ring. And then you hear Gollum being so bright, so bright. And uh he he gets up and uh, like like he's kind of like talking to himself, and Frodo gets up, he's like, Who are you talking to? He's like, Mustn't ask, not his business. And uh he uh th- they talk a little bit, and Frodo's, you know, like like uh, you were a hobbit once, weren't you? Like you were one of the the river folk, and then he he tells him like like that was your name once, wasn't it, Smeagol? And then he know like because he had forgotten his name. That's true. Like, that's true. He remembers it, his name, Smeagol. And then you then have we have the scene later on. The, the yeah. scene, the yeah, later on you have that, but then you have the the reveal of the the black riders on the fell beasts. Um, oh yeah, yeah. definitely not a dragon. 
Felbies. It's a dragon. Dragon. It's a dragon. I mean, look, it's called. They called an elephant an, ele- like an elephant, and that's not really. Yeah, all ol- oliphant is ju- just the Dutch word for elephant. <laughs> like that's the, like... that is that is what the word for elephant is in Dutch. Oliphant. Yeah. You know, and they're like, yeah, it's like check. It's like, and the, we'll get to that in a moment. That'll be the end of the episode. Yeah. So we'll worry about that. But. uh yeah, so we get that whole scene, that whole sequence. They're like, oh, the fell beasts are out. Terrifying, terrifying. And then we're going to cut back to Mary and Pippin. They're at the Withry Beard. They're at the Antmoot, which I thought was great. You know, they called it the Antmoot. And yeah. he's like, this has, we're about to witness something that hasn't happened in an age. And I was like, he literally means that he, this hasn't happened since the second age. Like, a yeah, meeting like, of the ends. Well, like, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a while. It's the their Dern Dangle, um, and you know. So I was curious though. So how it always is presented to me was that Treebeard is like the king end, but is that actually true or no? He is the oldest end. Like he is referred to as eldest, I okay. believe. Um, and yeah, he he is the he is the oldest living end in Middle Earth at this time. Cool, because I just want to make sure. So yeah, basically he calls the meeting, the end talk for forever in a day about uh, everything. And yeah. it, it's like, oh, we just said good morning. But more or less they kind of you know, decide I guess we can get into the rest of that part later because right now we're just like dealing with them talking and saying hello. Mary is just having a good old time and Pippin is like, I'm losing my mind. You need to talk faster. I can't keep waiting. Well, here all strike, day. strike that reverse. Him. Pippin's having a good time. And Mary is the one who's like, what the fuck? Cause Mary is the one who had like, Pippin's like, Oh, you know, like whatever, man. Like, yeah, it's fine. And Mary's like, no, there's a fucking war going on. Cause they have seen, um, also, uh, at this point, um, the Rohan saw- has left, uh, 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 uh and uh what is uh (laughs) rohan has moved uh out of uh out of the city to um to helm's deep well they're 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 making their way um to helm's deep from edoras um and uh because they've had the, the the whole uh last i checked Theoden, not Aragorn, was king of of Rohan. Which I'm like, yeah, dog, yeah, Eric, like I get it, but like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like getting, like I, I fully understand that you are in the right, but like you are over overstepping a lot of shit by like putting hands on this man. And like, yes, I get that you knew him when he was knee high to a grasshopper, but like, come on, exactly. Come on. But that doesn't negate. You yeah, don't so, have that right. So yeah, and and Gandalf rides off to find Aomer. Um and, and, uh, yeah, and they, specifically says on the fifth day look when look the at sun look, rises. Yeah, on the first light on the fifth day, look to the east. And it's like and then, well, also can we talk for just a split second because we forgot to bring it up. Uh, the the majesty of Shadow Facts. Look, the, the oh, horse lord, yeah. the king of the horse lords, you know, and so, I want to point out that I find it very uh I don't know. Odd that you're telling me that 
Gandalf's allowed to ride the horse lord, the king of all horses, but he can't ask like a low level eagle to fly them to, to fly further on sand the so, mortars. So this is so there's there's a couple of things. So one, um he Shadowfax is like not really like a horse. He's one of the Meras, which are essentially like the elves of horses. They're horses from Valinor um, that were brought over and that like the they've obviously you know they he didn't come from that like Shadowfax wasn't in Valinor and then came over um but uh he he is like he he's one of the Meras so yes he's the lord of all horses so the way that uh Gandalf got Shadowfax was he went to Theoden earlier and was like hey you know all this shit's going on need some help but theoden was still like under the influence of Sauron, and he was like essentially like no go fuck off like i don't i don't really want to want your business storm crow like you're always you're always spitting all this stuff causing trouble and he's like all right fine he's like well uh he's like i'll need a horse he's like go and take whichever horse that you want from my stable i don't care so he takes Shadowfax, which is Theoden's horse. Like it was specifically Theoden's horse and like the best horse of the stable. So Theoden was not like stoked on that. When he was like, take whichever horse you want, he didn't think, I don't know why he didn't think that, but like he was like, he's not going <laughs> to take the best one. He's not going to take the absolute greatest horse in all of the land. Um, but that's how, that, that's how he, that's he has he him. And, and it's that... also, yeah. That just hurts. It hurts so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's how it I mean the Maros are still like on a different level of order than the than the Eagles. Like the Eagles, like you can like speak to them. They like they like speak like they have like language and like they speak like human words. Like they like Well hold on, the, the Eagles do or the Yeah, the does? Eagles do. The, the Eagles speak. You could, like not yeah, like the, English, but like you could like actually communicate with them and stuff. Both. So they 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 do speak English, and they have their. They also speak like uh, I guess Quenya. So then, um, why can't we again? Why can't we explain to the Eagles the situation and have them just like fly? Because that's over? not really what the well. So okay, if the Eagles could fly I think, them, I have think the we've way touched closer, upon this. You know, but I'll, have, I'll just but I'll I'll just go over this again. So the. The eagles would not be an effective means of getting anything done because they would see like they Sauron would see them coming from a million miles away, um, and he'd be able to take like he has he has the Nazgul like he'd be able to take care of it, um, and also like the the Fellowship and Frodo's like greatest like tool on this quest is secrecy. Like without like that's the reason why they go with a small amount. They don't have like Elrond and Galadriel and Glorfindel and and uh, uh, and, and everyone like go off and, and uh, like like they don't have Thranduil go with them and go like assault Mount Doom because that's not going to work. The only way this gets done is through secrecy, and the Eagles would not be a secret thing. Like it would not be an easy enough thing to just like fly over Mount Doom. Cool. Um, also. I'm- Okay, the the eagles are like that's not what they're there to do like the eagles are not like they are there to serve manway and to do what manway like it put them there for and they do help at times but like 
it's it's not really a thing that like the, the, every time the Eagles help, they're always essentially like, "Why the fuck are you having us do this? Like this is not our thing to be doing. Why are you doing? Why are we doing this?" Okay, well, <laughs> I'm not like I, so you're telling me that that when Gandalf jumped off the top of uh, Oz, whatever fuck it's called, the tower in uh, Eisenhower, think. Or think whenever he jumps up, or think, and that eagle catches, and that eagle was like, "Why am I fucking here helping you? Like, you know, this isn't my well, job." Well, I mean, like, he so so that's that was Guai here, the Lord of Eagles, and uh, so yeah, he was probably like I I don't remember that if there is like dialogue between the two of them that's recorded. Guai here, I believe, is before he was the the like the Wind Lord in. Uh, in the Lord of the Rings, he is also one of the he's the the eagle that speaks in the Hobbit, um, okay. in the book, and like he's very much at that time he's like, uh, oh, we never bring uh, any of you folk to our eyrie. Like you should be so like the fact that we should do this. Like this is such such a privilege for you. You should be, you are so lucky for this. Like yada yada yada. Like I don't know that there's a dialogue between them that I remember, but. Yeah, I mean, like, he'll help, but he's, like, they're, they're a very, very proud species. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very proud. Basically, you're saying he's, like, um, who's the king of the Rito, the annoying piece of shit that uh, in Breath of the Wild that's always talking mad shit? And you're, like, will you shut up? Like, Oh, you're talking about, like, the, the Rito spirit? Like, the, yeah, the yeah. yeah. Kind of, kind of. I wouldn't say quite like that, but there's a similar energy. Yeah. Like, it, it's like, it's like we're here for, we, we've got a more important purpose. And also, again, they know that they are not well-suited to this task. Because they're okay. a giant fucking eagle that you'd see, like, anybody would see this thing from a mile away. Okay, well, like, can, can we get to take a moment, though? Do, do they or do they not? Still participate and show up uh, in Return of the King. They do, but at okay, that point, so then... there's, but there's nothing about secrecy at that point. The whole pur purpose of that battle is to actually be like as obvious as possible because they're a diversion. So it's it's actually perfect that the eagles show up then because awesome. it's like oh shit, it's the eagles. Like it's also... adding to Frodo and Sam's secrecy. You're not wrong. Also, I'd like to point out that um, since we haven't brought it up yet, because there's also this whole subplot nonsense with Elrond being like, "Yeah, we're getting out." Like, even if Sauron wins, lose, we don't give a fuck. We'll bounce house and like uh, live. You're not in love with Aragorn. Stop that nonsense. Aragorn yeah. needs to go fall in love with this blonde head, uh, blonde girl over in Rohan. <laughs> like, you need to knock this off. All this stuff's going on. You got Liv Tyler the whole time being like, I'm going to stay. I, like, I love you, Aragorn. I'm going to be the last living per immortal in this world after everybody's dead and gone, and I'm going to wander these plains uh, like by myself for eternity alone. And it's like, dude. So, there's something about this that, that I find interesting. So, like, yes, Elrond says, like, in it, and like everything Elrond says, to his knowledge, is true. He's like, "Hey, if Aragorn survives this, if everything happens the way that you guys want it to, Aragorn becomes king. The ring is destroyed. He will live for a long time. And Aragorn does live. Like he, Aragorn is king for like 160 years. Um, he dies, I think, when he's yeah, like 220. Um, and like that will all happen. But you will still." live forever and you'll just be stuck here and elves like if 
elves kind of like they their spirit like burns through their body essentially like the the longer they're alive the kind of more ethereal they become like if, if an elf you had an elf which again is an immortal being and you just had it like in like a in like a, a uh like a, a glass like tube somewhere eventually you would just like turn into like light like it, like its body would completely disappear um but so and like yes all this stuff is true like she wouldn't be able to get back to valinor because there'd be no more ships all this stuff yada yada but arwen has already decided and again because of her bloodline specifically being the granddaughter of uh arendil the the mariner she can decide if she's like she's from the house of the half elven she can decide if she's going to be an elf or from the race of men so she has decided that she is going to be mortal so that isn't the case like she's not going and she knows that because she's already said that like she's already been like i choose a mortal life so she knows that that's not going to happen so i don't understand any of this shit where she's like papa you're right i will live here for thousands of years all on my own like and and she's also and then after that doesn't really work and she's still like yeah that i'll take that if that if that is how it will be then that's how it will be and he's like do you not love your dad and she's like yeah what like well okay we're just pulling all the stops out like just trying yeah to make that, that, that was a little like i get it but that was a little that was a little bit like okay also it's like i always was like elrond you're being a weak ass little bitch because again didn't read the books when i was first watching this i'm like why are you leaving why are you giving up it's like now nah, we're gonna abandon we're gonna go to the gray havens and fuck off we're just gonna all like choose to die and live in like a you know ghostish existence in the gray havens for eternity instead of like well they're not so they're not dying when they go to the gray havens that's something that a lot of people get confused about with at the end of return of the king they're like is frodo dying like no they are they are essentially like going to kind of like a version of heaven yes but they're not dying like especially the elves they're not dying um but uh but yeah like i mean in, in elrond had like he doesn't leave with he sticks around um and he like sends you know haldir who again is not one of his dudes i know i was Um, like isn't haldir like galadriel's well so galadriel is technically elrond's mother-in-law um yeah uh calabrian is was uh elrond's wife and that is galadriel's daughter so okay I guess yeah, it's it was like I mean, it doesn't make it doesn't matter because that's not in the source material. Um, but uh, I was always like, wait, what the? You aren't. He's like, I bring word from Elrond to Rivendell. Why? Why? Because you, you're I'm the not only other named. Because you're I, the only other named elf. Like I why? genuinely was like, like when I saw this in the theater, I was like, but Galadriel would be your like lord elf like yeah why you're one of the galadrim and and she she can like see everything in her mirror so she could still just fucking sent you you didn't have to use elrond in any way shape or form like but you know we'll get to that point in a minute but yeah elrond does all that stuff but he's he stays i guess but so does latile but this whole time, this is all just to cause drama well Liv tyler leaves original initially like she she's like left with with the elves to 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 you know go do her bullshit yes but she doesn't right she turns yeah. around and she comes back yes but but uh 
at this point, you know, we get the scene, we cut back, obviously. Now we're coming back to where Thayden and Aragorn and all them are. And you get the scene where, uh, I guess I, I should, re- I should, I should rephrase. Uh, you get the scene with Sauron first being told uh, by Grima, yeah, they're going to be with a bunch of women and children, yada, yada, yada. So he's like, all right, send out the war riders. Like, let them go have fun. So now yeah. we're back with uh, Thayden and then Aragorn and all them. And they're on the road to Helm's Steve. And I mean, this is genuinely a, a fun, funny scene where like quite a lot of people die, but it still always seems lighthearted for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, maybe you don't feel that way. I feel like the sole reason is because Gimli gets like four or five things piled on top of him. And it's yeah. just like, that's just like to make you laugh and be like, oh, this is silly. But <laughs> I mean, oh, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good. So I have issues with this scene. There's things I like about it. Like, I like the beginning where, like, they're, you know, they're joking around and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Gimli tells this thing about beards, which. So Gimli does mention, he's like, he's like, uh, Dwarven women look so so close to men that they are often mistaken for dwarf men, which has given to the rise to the belief that there are no dwarf women, and we simply spring out of the ground. And so an important thing that dwarf women do have beards, and Amazon can go fuck itself with them announcing that there will be dwarf women, but they won't have beards. Why? Why? They are, like, it's just, it, like, why? <laughs> like, they have that's beards. Not, that's like, not they, how that they, works, though. Yeah. They're, they're supposed to have beards. Like, they, they, why are you just deciding it'd be too weird? Like, shut the fuck up. Um, anyways. Um, uh, so, yeah, so but, uh, but, so the issue I have with this scene is that, it like, it doesn't, it doesn't add anything. Like, this whole scene adds nothing. The fight with the wargs doesn't really like yeah it's like that's like a funny scene with Gimli but like it doesn't add anything and this stupid bullshit of like Aragorn like his fake death scene which is again not in the books doesn't do any like what is the point of it that's the point of it right there is for me a person who does not doesn't know that Aragorn is I don't know that there is return of the king like is what's ha- you know what i mean like i don't know uh, if that's the story i mean i guess i but it, it doesn't feel like it adds anything to the narrative and so for I, the first time i was in the theater i was just like did this motherfucker go over the cliff and i was generally just yeah. waiting for them to do the classic like pan over and he's like hanging on the cliff and the war but if like, you don't see a body you know if you don't see a body of course no no, no yeah. of course and so like we said we get the battle with the wargs you know legolas gimli going getting through all this stuff also i was just like how is this warg like, like literally Spider-Manning on this fucking like cliffside face right here, and this orc who's riding on top of him, also Spider-Manning somehow. You're like, that's not how gravity works. But also, these wargs look so much better than the wargs in the Hobbit. I'm not. I know I'm the four millionth person to say this, but like, they're facts. so much better looking. Like, it's gotta say so, facts. It's gotta say facts. so much better looking. And so, like, yeah, we get to the point that they fight. You know, blah blah blah. You know, yada yada. King Thayden, King Thayden, da, 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 da. Oh, cool. Aragorn went off the cliff. Big dramatic pause. Okay, and the last thing we're going to talk about is they've made it through. The, we're back with Frodo and Sam. They've made it through the bog, the marsh. They're, you know, Gollum has decided at this point that he he's fully in. I should say Smeagol is fully in. Yes, he's. We've had the, and again, an amazing scene. Like one of the best scenes 
especially the, the, I mean the, the the best performance I think that uh, Andy Serkis gives to the entire film is between Gollum and Smeagol, like the two halves of the personality going back and forth, and then Smeagol like standing up for himself and like sending the Gollum persona away. And then yeah, it, yeah, he he like brings the rabbits to to Frodo. He's like, see what Smeagol finds. He's like, they are yeah. young, and he's like, they are tasty. It's yeah. Stuff, right? and, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, and then say, you know, uh, Sam is pure Sam. He's just like, what are you doing? Oh, you're gonna make him sick. You will. Which There's I mean, like, one thing you can do fair. with proper Tony, you know? Yeah. And he's like, and I just love always. I've quoted this line to just like at least once a week, where it's just like, no. No, what's stupid, it doing? Yeah, stupid, stupid fat hobbits. hobbits. You ruin ruins it. is it? Like, yeah, is like you can you can't even eat these things raw. Like, yes, I could. You, who couldn't turn down taters? Like, what's yeah, taters? that, that, like, that potatoes. potatoes? Yeah, that's like one of the like that, this movie was like the 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 like birthplace of the proto memes, like that potatoes boil the mash and stick in the stew. Yeah, and they uh. And like Gollum's oh, nasty yes, boy. Like, yes, we could. Yes, yeah, we give could. a choice. <laughs> and wriggling. I'm like, oh God, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it's at this point that, uh, that uh, Frodo like hears some bullshit. So he gets up and is like, let's go wander around. And they're like, oh my God, look, it's like a fucking army of wild tribesmen. Like, yeah, it's the Haradrim. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you know, and then genuinely, you know, Smeagol's like, hey, you know, we should we should fuck off because we've been here a long time. And yeah. Sam and Frodo are like, yeah, that's right. Let's get up and leave. And then like, and Sam's like, oh, wait, it's an Oliphant. Let me come in my pants real quick. And they both are like, holy shit. Let's like stare at this elephant. It's like, bro, I get it. You've never seen an elephant before. You're from the Shire. You've done been here for too long. There's no camera. You saw it. To get up and leave but instead they keep sitting there the whole time like, let's just watch him walk this whole valley and then we'll go back no you're taking too long then an attack happens you notice too smiggles like eh, yeah this is actually the time where it's been too much i gotta fuck off like let's go and no they don't follow and so an attack happens a bunch of rangers show up you know for gondor da, 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 attack them you know then well guess what faramir shows up and yep. he takes sam and frodo and he's like oh captured thank you not gonna believe I any of your bullshit uh, yeah. and it's at this point ladies and gentlemen that we're gonna wrap up part one of the two towers uh hopefully you enjoyed this conversation you know we're gonna get into a lot more next time you get to you know does aragorn survive yes uh <laughs> what's gonna happen with frodo and sam not a lot and we'll get into it for my money like I'm genuinely trying to think. I think it might still be the number one. I'm taking it over all the Marvel movies, all that stuff. The number one, like battle scene of the century, still Helm Seed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you disagree with that, you know you can always hit us up at Observecast on Twitter. You can email us at unqualifiedobservers at gmail.com. Let us know if you feel that I'm stupid for saying Helm Seed is the best. You know, if you feel that you would prefer, I don't know, uh, the Ghost Army battle, or maybe you're like, no, the airport scene in Silar, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, let me know. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> this is garbage. You know, respond to us with your comments. Be like, oh man, I really loved, uh, you know, 
Yeah, I don't know. Battle. I'm trying to think of a. I, I can't really think of another. Just these are so good. Like you just. There's nothing that really rivals Helm's Deep. So, you know, we'll get to it next time. Anything you want to say before we wrap up on this first part, Kevin? No, I mean, you know, we've. Uh... Yeah, we've we've gone through uh you know a, a lot of the setup here. We're really gonna get into the the beef of uh of the the film here in a little bit. But uh yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a good work so far. But uh yeah, we will continue this in our next episode. Yeah, and actually uh our next episode is probably gonna be the Christmas one, so you'll have to wait another week after that to yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna mix it up on y'all and uh yeah, it's just going to be how it is. So, uh, we haven't decided what our Christmas film is going to be. Hey, if any of you have any feelings on what Christmas film we should watch, maybe like, I don't know, shoot us an email yeah. or hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Be like, hey, you should watch this Christmas movie. Yeah. It's really good. Um, yeah. You know, That'd be smart. Also, yeah, if you do that for the record, just do those things either way. If you don't, you know, and by the way, Lord of the Rings does not count as a Christmas movie, even though they came out around Christmas every year. It's a Thanksgiving film. And uh, with that being said, you can also hit up Kellum at cool underscore Gollum at all the social medias. You can also follow me at Stimpy as King at all the social medias. And if you would like, please follow me over on my other podcast that I do called Stimson Ain't Easy. I do that with my brothers. We just talk about a bunch of stuff, you know. Lately, we've been talking about unqualified observers more. But, uh, yeah, you know, who knows? We've been, this last week, we did Christmas movies, actually. We had to do our top five. And the fact that my brother didn't even have, like, a concept for thinking. He was like, I don't know what, what Thomas's number one is going to be. And Chris was like, uh, have you met Thomas one time in his life? It's going to be It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, that, thank you, obviously. like we're, The argument for best Christmas movie starts at number two when it comes to me, so. I mean, eh, it's yeah. fair. You can, yeah. you can have a different opinion or a feeling, you know? I mean, it's, no... it's, I, I, I like It's a Wonderful Life. I think it's a good film, yeah. It's, you know, I, I find it quite enjoyable. My brother thought it was a little too white to be number one, and I was like, eh, I mean, it's okay. very white. It's like, so was most of uh, cinema pre yeah. uh ever so yeah. yeah yeah but until then until next time ladies and gentlemen you know we'll catch you when we catch you take it easy and we hope you come back next time bye see ya